This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's been a couple of weeks now since I proposed to my girlfriend in Central Park. Romantic, right? New York fucking city. It's taken me a few weeks to process it all. I'm engaged. Engaged to be buried. (laughs) It took me a while to reach this point, you know, like 35 years old. I guess you could say I'm a late bloomer in the commitment department, but it just happened. I effortlessly fell in love and I wanted this. And what's next, I wonder? Are we are we going to start hanging live, love, laugh artwork around the house? Am I going to get obsessed with the lawn? So many questions about life now. You know, you go through all those relationship tests, putting up a tent together, taking a road trip or a vacation together. Can I really stand this person? Can we work as a team? Are we compatible? Before I knew it, we'd passed all the standard tests and she was moving in. I'd never lived with a girl before. Well, not really anyways, maybe in college for a while, but I moved around a lot. Now we've been together almost three years, and it's like I've reached another level of love. Like we keep falling more in love. We've never fought. Bickered, maybe. But compared to some of the psycho fights I've had in relationships past, the kind of fights where you're half angry and half confused, thinking, is this for real? None of that BS, I'm happy to report. Although, who knows, after we get hitched, maybe she's been keeping Dr. Jekyll chained up in the basement the whole time. I dated a whole bunch of different types leading up to this point. I mean, through my 20s, I actually had a ridiculous number of girlfriends. And looking back, it was impressive, really. At my heaviest, I was 458 pounds. But as my Uncle Rodney likes to say, fat guys, we like to eat. (laughs) Yes, yes, we do. It's a selling feature. What can I say? I dated the insufferable know-it-all who hated me smoking pot. She used to say things like, you're using again, aren't you? You're using. Well, yeah, if you count blasting a doobie on the back porch before dinner, then yeah, I guess I am. But I'm not running to be mayor of Toronto. Rob Ford, God rest his soul. I mean, if he didn't get blackout drunk routinely and smoke crack, if he wasn't using, maybe he'd still be with us today. Also dated the sweetest, kindest woman who was up for all sorts of great intercourse. But she didn't have a goddamn brain. I mean, if you cracked that skull open, you'd find rainbows and unicorns prancing around on a cloud of cotton candy. I needed a challenge. A worthy opponent. I could go on, but quite frankly, I don't want to get down to the real psychos on the list. Like the one who smashed half my kitchen plates on the floor, pushed me down a flight of stairs, and then stole my car. I don't feel the need to elaborate on those gems. Suffice to say, I'm in a better place now. I don't know how I got here, but I've been a happier person inside and out. I just realized that I'd run out of ways to show her how much I loved her. I couldn't say it enough. I couldn't show her any other way. And she was surprised, to say the least. She even said, I never thought this was in the cards for us. I didn't think you were capable, she said. And you know what? Neither did I. 
I never wanted to be that guy. The guy with a garage and a lawnmower, listening to Whitesnake on an old boombox. Never wanted to be relegated to a man cave. Fuck man caves. The whole concept is fucked, you know. What, you get the basement or a garage and she just gets to do whatever the fuck she wants with the rest of the house? Maybe you get to use the barbecue, but holy shit. That's just like being a goddamn teenager living with mom again. You just hang out in the basement listening to Pearl Jam and playing video games. Then she calls you up when dinner's ready. Is that married life? That's fucking Freudian bullshit is what that is. Look, I know that every relationship isn't like that. But you know, that that's the fear. That's the thing I didn't want. It's my home too. We're equals. And we decide whether it's through compromise or bartering what the house is going to look like. Maybe a trade is offered up for what color to paint the walls. Sometimes you do end up with cucumber mint passion painted in the hallway. But that's okay. Because usually when you walk down the hall and it bothers you, you can at least think to yourself and say... Well, that was a stellar beach. It was totally worth it. <laughs> That's the aforementioned compromise in bartering. Our relationship is exactly what I wanted. She is the woman I was looking for. And I wouldn't have found her if I didn't have all those failed relationships behind me. Because they all helped me realize what I needed. It was a thorough process of slow, painful elimination. But I found her. I found her, finally. Next episode on the podcast will feature an on-location podcast from a legendary recording studio, Metalworks. Uh, fans of the podcast might remember The Road Heavy, who did an episode last summer. And they're now in studio working on an EP with, man, this is a fucking coup that they got this guy. Jeff Martin from the Tea Party. That's right. Jeff freaking Martin is the producer. Man, it was a pleasure to watch him work for the short time I was there, too. Just his ear for guitar sound and the recording of it all. I chatted with Pat and Jeff Cox, not Jeff Martin. That got confusing having two Jeffs in the building. Uh, from the Road Heavy, about what's up since I last saw them, the process so far, the experience. That episode launches tomorrow here on the Green Room Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Uh, only a portion of the band is is here at Metalworks tonight. Ryan's in studio right now. Yeah, he's tracking. Uh, right he now. looks exhausted. Yeah. He looks tired. Yeah. Uh, has has Jeff been riding him hard since he is you know like the guitar players the guitar must really player. get ridden hard by Jeff? <laughs> it's been uh, it's been pretty trying I think on everybody but especially Ryan because uh, you know we're in the studio with Jeff Martin but we're also on his acoustic tour and Ryan is actually his guitar tech so he's got double duty all the time you know whether it's uh, musically for us or or for Jeff so. Yeah, uh, it's kind of back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> he must be pretty well acquainted with all Jeff's guitars and all his uh, specific setups, though, right? Yeah, and he's got a lot of them. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, which is another cool thing I'll tell you just real quick is that we're actually—I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this. If the other say it here. now, I'm going to say it. Uh, I was given—I I was given direction by by Jeff. He said, "You know, go to this address." see this man and pick up these instruments and so i'm actually we actually went and grabbed a bunch of the tea party gear and we're wow. using it to oh, record shit, you fucked up yeah i don't care it's coming out jeff <laughs> too bad so he I'm has talking to jeff cox obviously so I'm, he, I'm not he, saying that. he has a dealer is what you're saying like <laughs> you go to a sketchy neighborhood yeah, and you roll it was, up and, it was yeah it was, it was like next question we can't answer this yeah, yeah. <laughs> i should probably stop now like someone's lining up a sniper shot on my head 
Before we wrap up the podcast, too, there's something I want to talk about. Uh, an important rock documentary that could be heading to the big screen. They're asking for your help. It's about Cream Magazine, which was the antithesis to Rolling Stone Magazine. Uh, it's arguably the most important and cutting-edge music magazine. It's being told by director Scott Crawford. J.J. Kramer is a producer who's the son of late Cream founder Barry Kramer. And the pair are in the final stages of their Kickstarter campaign to help fund the film. It's called Boy Howdy, the story of Cream Magazine. And as of now, they're only 20 grand short of reaching their $100,000 goal. So they're getting close. And people are interested in this. For example, Alice Cooper, he got a terrible review from Cream Magazine back in the day. But at the same time, he loved it. We finally got an album out. Lester Bangs reviewed it as a tragic waste of plastic. (laughs) That's a great review. Alice Cooper mentioned Lester Bangs, who is a legendary man in my world. He was a guy who did not mince words. He called it as he saw it, and he had a real true vision of punk rock. You can say that. Let's take Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Here is like musical sterility at its pinnacle. A band that, you know, has absolutely no soul. There's nothing, there's no feeling in the music. Trashing Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. (laughs) They had no problem ripping on bands. They had no problem being offensive. They didn't take themselves too seriously. They were anything but Rolling Stone magazine. Were they serious about this? No, they were never serious about anything. Rolling Stone liked to be the authoritative, serious, definitive voice like the New York Times. Rock and roll is not supposed to be serious. It's supposed to be fun. That was photographer Bob Gruen, who will be remembered for some incredible photos of John Lennon, Kiss, The Clash, Led Zeppelin, The New York Dolls, Blondie, The Sex Pistols, I could go on. And what is going to cost so much about this movie to make? The one thing that will make the movie good, a soundtrack. A movie about Cree Magazine is not a good movie unless the soundtrack includes Iggy Pop, MC5, the Detroit sound. It it doesn't matter. You don't get those sounds unless you pay for the rights to the music. And director Scott Crawford explains exactly that. No one's getting paid out of the Kickstarter fund. Music licensing alone will probably be, if we're lucky, a third of that amount that we're going for on Kickstarter. And that's if we're lucky. We've got to pay for travel, for legal fees, insurance, archival rights, and digitizing of film, and all that stuff alone. It adds up. You'd be surprised how much this stuff costs. It's crazy, you know, especially with the, uh, the archival footage. You know, you've got to pay for that stuff. This is an important cultural magazine, and while it may not be a household name, especially not here in Canada, I think this movie has the opportunity to be great. Again, it's called Boy Howdy, the story of Cream Magazine. They're 20 grand short of reaching their $100,000 goal. I've donated. I hope that you can, too. It's on Kickstarter. I've got the link on the Green Room podcast page for this episode if you would like to also involve yourself. Big thanks to our friends in the Road Heavy for returning to the podcast and our friends over at Metalworks Studios and, of course, Kim Party and Red 7 Rocks Promotions. Next episode of the podcast is our chat with the Road Heavy. It launches at midnight tonight. The Green Room Podcast is powered by 420 Kingston and 420 Session Lounge and Micro Shop. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 
I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.